You're listening to Sunnyside Up, a B2B podcast that brings together real-world insights to help go-to-market professionals evolve and stay up-to-date on the latest trends. Join us as we bring you the best practices and proven techniques from industry experts and practitioners. Today's episode is made possible by Demandbase. Demandbase is transforming the way B2B companies go to market by enabling customers to embrace modern digital sales and marketing with a complete end-to-end suite of products. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Sunnyside Up. I'm your host, Shubhank, and today I'm super excited to talk to Andres Sabalas on the leadership in the modern era. Anders and his team manage the initiatives and programs that focus on the Salesforce portfolios, growth, and adoption. As a trusted digital advisor and a customer experience evangelist, his main goal is to amplify product adoption, enablement, and overall customer success. Prior to this role, Andres and his team manage initiatives and programs that enable Salesforce Apex Change ISV partners to help or build the profitable businesses and deliver results that empower customers to digitally transform their companies through the app exchange, the world's largest enterprise cloud marketplace and the ecosystem. Andres, I'm super excited to talk to you. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Shibang. I'm excited as well. Thank you for having me and looking forward to your conversation. Well, we've uh, connected earlier, Andres, and I was really kind of keen on understanding a lot about lot about the details about the leadership and your experience in this industry in the last couple of years. And so I was I was also out of a notion that okay, you've come from a different country and the kind of transition would have been a lot of challenge. So how about like we just get on to that first first major part of it? So could you explain a little bit about your journey into the corporate world in the US? Yeah, absolutely. Just keep a little bit of background. I came to the States about 20 years ago. I was working for Oracle. Back in the day, I had, had an opportunity to come and join uh, part of the organization running LATAM. That lasted about a couple of years, and then I had the opportunity to, to move to Massachusetts, Boston, and to begin to work with Oracle. I think during that time is when I started to understand and penetrate the, the North American market, if you will. I think I had my first stint as, you know, as a manager, you know, leading some, some of the researchers in the group, all of them from, from North America. At that time, I realized that, you know, I had to come up with something extra, right? I, I was coming from the outside. I was not very familiar with the North American market. And I realized I had to tap into my skill set to not only to prove myself, but also to help my team succeed and achieve the goals that you know were set up for us. And that's where I think my, my career as a leader started. Uh, I had had some management positions in the past when, when I was in Colombia, when, from that's the country I am originally from, but it was you know, very early in my career. I think as many of us, I've made a lot of mistakes and thankfully I learned from that. But here I had that opportunity where, you know, how do I help my team? How do I help myself? How do we move forward? And how do I find the right people and mentors that can help me throughout that journey? That is amazing. When I was looking into all those experiences of leaders who've been like the immigrants or kind of moved from different countries and all these experiences, I think one thing that is very common is the initial struggle or the kind of challenges that they face to understand how the North American or the American markets are and getting adjusted to the cultures and how the leadership works or 
how the team works over there. So as we are today talking about the leadership and your thoughts and your your visions or views on around that, so what leadership is all about according to you, Anders, and what is the difference between mentoring and leadering? Because you just mentioned about that. So could you just give a quick lens on, on something about that? Sure. So, you know, definitely I, I can tell you what's not. And I think there's a, there's a big difference between being a manager and being a leader, right? And I think mm-hmm. being a leader is somebody who is helping set the vision for the team that is helping, you know, generate the ideas, is helping and fostering a strategic thinking amongst a team member, is somebody who can be a team player that can lead by example, and that is not afraid of getting and, and doing the work by himself or by herself. So I think that's that's what's important about a leader. I think it's also important to, to understand, to be humble, right? I think a leader shouldn't assume that because he or she is leading a team, right? There's, we know it all. I think we need to understand our limitations. I think we need to find, as I said before, somebody who can mentor us as well. There's always that always has more expertise than you. And it is okay to lean on those people to help lead your team. So I think that's where the, the way I define leadership. I think there is a, an element of mentoring. And I think in, in, in a way, a mentor and a leader are very similar. I think the mentor has a more holistic view, right? And I think I probably would say it's a little bit more casual as a mentor doesn't, it probably is not accountable for the goals and fixing the problems of a particular group or a particular company. While the leader, you know, you have the goals, you got to make sure that your team is achieving those goals. As a leader, one of your main, main roles is to remove the obstacles, remove the friction, remove the problems that, you know, your team might, might encounter. So that's, that's how I define it. And I think that's the, the main difference. Yeah, that, that's a very good insight about, okay, what's the difference between the leaders and mentors because the holistic view and the, I'd say the major area towards, okay, what the company goals are or the major, major focus towards what the company's goals are makes a lot of difference in how the team is run. That's good, Andres. So coming to the next one, so because you, you said that, okay, when you, when you moved into US, you're trying to understand how the team works and you're trying to look up to some people in the industry or probably in your company who could actually mentor you and kind of inspire you to be the next leader or kind of grow in, in your career. So coming to that, so who are those leaders or mentors who have inspired you the most and what traits did you like in them the most? Sure. I would say first that I think in order to be a good leader, one important aspect of this is leading from within. So while you can look out for some mentors and some inspirational leaders, it has to come from you, right? You have to have that inspiration. If you don't have inspiration, if, you know, from your personal perspective, from your professional perspective, you can't find that leadership, it's going to be really hard to reflect that upon your team. So I think the number one will be, you know, leading from within. It's, it's looking into myself, you know, being humble and understanding that I can lead myself and then I can lead somebody else. Then from the people, from the perspective of who has shaped my leadership, I think I, I, I can come up with, with a couple examples. I think one of them had the fortune to work with him at Oracle and then here at Salesforce. His name is Ron Huddleston. 
he passed away about two years ago. But what I like about him is he had the vision, right? He had the energy. And that was something that you will look up to because you wanted to have those ideas. You wanted to tap into your brain and say, okay, that's the way I want to inspire my team. I want to have an idea and then no crazy. It doesn't matter how crazy that idea might look like. I want people to question the idea. I want people to come behind the idea and make that idea better. And that was one of the great things he had. It was like, bring that sense of family and rally behind an idea, behind a vision. So I would say Ron is is one of them. At Oracle, I had the fortune also to be working for a gentleman of the name, Bob Mahoney. He's a veteran of the industry back in the day. I, I will call him, he was my North American dad. That's the way I see him. And I think that what I like about him is it was about that emotional connection. Right. I think for him, it was 100% clear that you needed to have your personal affairs in order, that he needed to see you as a person, not only as an employee. And when you create that connection with your team, right, not that you need to be friends with everyone, but understanding, you know, some of the challenges, some of the visions, some of the goals that you have as a person, as a profession, as a professional, then that is going to help you lead that team and or you know those people so bob bob was great he retired i'm still in touch with him he's a great mentor for me but you know it was always a, a great example and as i said before you know from from the leading within perspective you know he's the person that you look up to not only for work but also from a personal aspect you know the way he he runs his family you know his family business mm-hmm. i think a third one will be he was also my manager and leader at Salesforce. Uh, his name is Avanish Sahai, well known in the industry. You know, work for Salesforce Services now, Google Cloud, and he just retired this week. So, you know, shout out to Avanish. I think he was another person that had or has this holistic view, right? Sometimes leaders think that their job is to fix a particular problem to lead a particular group of people that report to to him or to her. What most people don't realize is that there is a lot of connections above that small unit. And as a leader, you've got to be able to take a step back, have that holistic view, understand the impact that your team or the other teams can have, and then create a strategy around that. So he was great at doing that. It was like very calm, very serene. Take a step back. Don't rush any decision. Don't rush any ideas. Don't be rash. Let's go back and understand the complete context of the situation. Right? Make sure that you have the right, the right connections, that you know the right people, that you can influence that people, and that would only not only benefit your team, but also the other teams. It's also important because many people assume that you are a leader, thus you have people reporting to you. Like, and mm-hmm. I don't think that's true at all. You can be a leader and you might have no reportings whatsoever, right? And you might own a product, you might own a strategy, right? You might own an idea. And it doesn't mean you cannot be a leader because you're not managing people, right? And it's not the direct, the direct teams that you manage. It's also how do you go and work with other teams? How do you work with other, with other people? Uh, I think a, a, another good example, another good analogy is, I do 
home, your household, do you want to be a leader, right? How can you lead by example with your family, your relatives, with your children, with your friends? So it's not only that, you know, working relationship or that working environment, I think is in every aspect of life. It's like you could be a leader. Doesn't matter if you have people referring to you. It doesn't matter if you work in a normal, you know, work environment. It's like there's many, many opportunities to become that leader and to inspire people. Well, this is this is awesome, Anders, because out of all those that that you just said about all those people that inspired you, I think one thing that that you kind of gave me a different overview is you don't need to have a team to be a leader. I mean, that's that's absolutely right. Probably once you once you know how to kind of what your goals are and you set your vision towards that, I think that's when the whole idea of okay, the leadership starts working. And probably it doesn't matter if if somebody has a team or not, but yeah, you can be you can lead your own yourself into what the next goals and other stuff are. I mean, that's that's actually great, Anders. Thanks you so much for that. And so you mentioned earlier that you love coaching and mentoring emerging resources, probably in the previous discussion that we had. So all the time you like to do that is what you mentioned. And you would be facing a lot of bottlenecks while you're mentoring a few of the different, I'd say, set of cultural team members, or they could be a lot of bottlenecks in coaching and mentoring them. So could you take us a, a quick journey as to how, how that coaching and mentoring is all about and how it's happening with you? Absolutely. And, and I would probably piggyback on my last point. You know, I think many people, especially junior people, they believe that, well, you shouldn't be worried or concerned about being a leader because you're not managing a team. You know, I'm an individual contributor, so I don't, I'm not thinking about that just yet. So when I'm mentoring people, I try to challenge that, that mindset because you don't need to manage a team, right? To start leading, to start thinking about, about, you know, about leadership. As I said, there's many, many opportunities to become a leader. So for me, what I would say is that the, the biggest bottleneck is ourselves, is our mental roadblocks, is our ability to find those roadblocks rather than thinking about the solutions, thinking about maybe there's a way to solve this problem. So that's what I try to, to mentor the teams with. From a mentorship perspective, I think the problem with the uh, mentor-mentee relationship is that people hear about mentors. You need to have a mentor. And then you go and find somebody who might inspire you or somebody who has been recommended to you. And then you go to this person and you're expecting for this mentor to kind of like blaze a trail for you, right? to create a roadmap for you. And I think at that perspective, the mentor is more like, you know, somebody who's listening to you is your, your, your wall to bounce those ideas. Somebody who can use the expertise and the experience to guide you through different aspects of whatever you're facing, but not necessarily the person who's going to solve the problem for you. Right? That's where you need to take the initiative. And it goes back going to you, right? to lead him from within. What are the roadblocks that you have? How do I remove them? What are the, the roadblocks that I am imposing, that I'm creating, that are purely artificial? And then how do I remove them? And again, going back to that relationship with the mentor is do the homework. If you want to balance the ideas, you need to bring the ideas. Like if you don't bring the ideas, it's going to be really, really hard to get that, that communication and that back and forth that can help you achieve what you're trying to achieve. The other thing is feedback. You know, I heard this many, many years ago. Feedback is a gift. And 
you should be open to give that gift and to receive the gift. And from a mentee perspective, when you go to a mentor, feedback is important. It is okay for the mentee to go to the mentor and say, look, I, I, I'd like to get more value or, you know, what you're telling me is not helping me or here's why I don't think that applies. It is okay. Mentors are not perfect. You know, we might have a lot of expertise, but it might not apply. We might not have the motivation. So it is okay to get, to get that feedback. And it is okay also to ask for feedback. I think being open and transparent is important. Being candid, that's how that relationship stays for for a long time. Many of the mentors I have, it's not a, a one-year mentorship. Like you're trying to find a mentor that can be with you during a big part of your career. That's great, Anders. You've addressed to the next question, but I'd like to ask it once again, because probably like for me, who's looking on to kind of get into the leadership roles in the in the future. So I was very keen of coming up with this question. So how can we effectively change our thought process to become good leaders, Andres? Yeah, I'll top what I said before. I think one of the most important things is, can I lead myself? Am I mm-hmm. listening to my inner self? Can I follow my own compass? My, that's, I think, the most important thing. Like, if I can inspire myself if i can't wake up every morning and say this is what i want to do like i'm i'm going to define what my next steps are i'm able to set the priorities of my own work like and i can find the the motivation to achieve those goals and i can build a network around me if if i can't figure that out then how can you expect to go and tell two three four people to do the same Right? It's going to be very challenging. And you might say, well, they work for you, so they got to do whatever you tell them to do. Yeah, but remember, sometimes some of the people you have to lead do not work for you. Right? You do not have a direct relationship with those resources. Thus, you have to find a way to bring those ideas to the table, right? imprint the leadership of those ideas and get people to rally behind you, people who do not work for you. Right? So... For me, that's how you start that process and how you continue to improve that process. Because I think we all go through a burnout phase where it's a little bit harder to go and show up for work because you can't find the inspiration. So this is a constant process where you need to provide feedback to yourself. Like you gotta go and understand, like, am I doing this the right way? Am I leading my team? Like, is this what I want to do? Or is it time for me to look for a different horizon? and rediscover myself and then lead the next thing. So for me, that's how I would approach it. If you are already a good leader, is like anything else, right? We see this with great athletes. Like once you become a great athlete, you don't stop training. You gotta keep training. It is part of, of what you do. And if, if you always have that challenge, you wanna become better and better and better. Of course, with the right balance. So if you're a great leader, you're going to continue to work to continue to be a great leader, right? You're going to continue to work to help somebody who needs that help. If you are interested in becoming that leader, start now. Start now and start with with yourself. Awesome. Thank you so much for the whole information around that because that was really personal to me as well, as well as a lot of audiences who are listening to the show. So the next question is all about how leaders think of the future. And you, you are an inspiring leader, Andros, and of all the discussions that I've had with you, so 
I could figure out that you are a brilliant mentor and you think about, okay, how the future is going to turn and what are the, what are the things that the, the younger resources needs to kind of keep in mind to kind of plan their career in the right perspective or the right path. So as a leader yourself, Andres, so what, what do you plan to do in the coming years or what do you plan to convey to the younger generations to be ready with the kind of traits or the skills for the coming years that you can see from now? Well, I think the first one is always challenging to keep up the pace, right? And I think that is out of itself a challenge with new generations that have access to so much information, right? In order to be a mentor for these new generations, you need to do a lot of learning and a lot of research and a lot of discoveries so you can give them the right the right expertise. I think 10, 20 years ago was a little bit easier. Like you didn't have access to all these, you know, ocean of information. Yeah. Now somebody can go and say, well, yeah, I said that on YouTube, so thank you very much. So I think you have to keep up the pace, right? I think you need to continue to read, research, and then have that human connection. For me, that's important. It's trying to find underrepresented, you know, minorities that I can help be successful, not only the North American market, but, you know, other markets. Try to read some of the things that I've learned, you know, the last almost 25 years and give back. But also in a personal aspect, I have a, a teenager son and that's where mm-hmm. it's ironic, right? Because you, you're trying to be a leader, you're trying to have, you know, your purpose. And then you have these aliens living in your house and you don't know how to inspire them and control them. And I don't think I'm the only one. I think every, every partner is going through that. So that becomes a challenge out of itself. And it's like, uh, how can I inspire my children to be, to be good people, to be good citizens, to achieve their dreams and continue to better the world? I think that's, that's a very good secret about, okay, how to, how to be a good leader, how to kind of lead or I'd say mentor the people that are new to this industry. So with all those insights, I think that was really amazing talking to you, Andres. So we are almost towards the end of the episode. So we normally ask a few questions to our guests and I would like to ask you the same thing. So is there a book, blog or a newsletter or website that you would recommend our listeners to kind of hook up with? Yes. So there's many resources out there and You know, I will also mention that there is many people who have inspired me, you know, during these 20 years. It's hard to mention all of them in in a half hour podcast, but I'm thankful to all those leaders and mentors that I have had the opportunity to work for and to work with. From a resources perspective, you know, I I think about two or three years, I, you know, I was at dinner in Buenos Aires and, and a friend suggested me to read this book called Atomic Habits from James Clear. And it was a great book. I was like, ah, I don't, I don't need this kind of like self-motivation book, but it was a great book. And it was about how to be better, like 1% better one day is how, how do you set those atomic goals, right? It's not about changing. I want to be like this in a month and create a goal that probably will not be accomplished. So that one is for me, a great book. It's something that you can apply to your personal life, your business life for anything that you want to do if you want to run a marathon if you want to read a book if you want to go to the moon i think you can find a way to start changing the way the way you are one person at a time there's a blog and set of resources also from from loli daskal she you know send the notes she has a blog on a website called leading from within she has a, a podcast as well it's a lot of leadership thoughts I like the way she approached it. And you notice 
many of the things that I that I mentioned is leading from within. It's finding that leader within you and, and leading yourself. I've learned that throughout the years using some of those resources. So I would recommend those two, Loli Daskal, D-A-S-K-A-L, um, Atomic Habits. Awesome. Thank you so much for the recommendation, Andres. And last question. So we've got a lot of audience who would like to connect with our guest after the show. So how can how can somebody get in touch with you on different mediums? Could you just suggest that? I got a Twitter account. I, I use it to do research. And I don't post a lot. It's, it's not the way I, I like doing things. But that could be a way. It's at 23aces, A-C-E-S. That's my Twitter account. And that's probably the best way. Awesome. It's been a pleasure having you on the show, Andres, and I've really enjoyed talking to you today. Any quick thoughts before we end the show? I just want to thank you. I think you guys are doing a great job. I think these kind of resources is what's helping the next generation of leaders and, and also the existing ones. I think some of the things that I discuss are not rocket science, but you know there are some nuggets, some bits of information that might be helpful when you use this format, something that is, it's not a three hour podcast. It's not a, a book where you need to go and, and spend a lot of time. It's like, okay, I, I want to look into this. And that, you know, that's a good thought. I'm going to think about that. I'm going to, I'm going to research and explore. So I think you guys are doing a, a great job. These are some of the tools that you can use definitely to better yourself and, and to help others. Awesome. Thank you so much for the compliment, Andres. I look forward to staying in touch with you over LinkedIn and Twitter if possible. So I hope that all the audiences who are listening to the show have got a good amount of insights from all those learnings and knowledges that you've shared. Let's see if we can actually create one more show on a different topic altogether. Thank you so much once again, Andres. Have a great day. Sounds good. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Sunnyside Up. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review us and subscribe to our show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube and Demand Based TV. 